What's up, people? It is that time for the random introduction song <laughs> with um, where typically we, we have some theme, I have some theme, some reason to play a particular song, but uh, today, no reason. No reason whatsoever. St- I heard part of the song on the way in driving uh, to record this episode and decided I wanted to keep it going a little bit. This may be our guest's theme song, secretly. Oh, no, I've got... I, no, I did think of a special one for him. Okay. So uh, so for those of you that are tuning in, you're like, who the hell is the guest? Now, actually, you already know who the guest is because if you have any technology in front of you listening to this, you see the episode name and the guest name. So uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but as you just heard today's co-host which is not in the liner notes is the mr jared bertrand what's up jared hello you uh thursday two yeah well one day left in the work week for you how was the first four uh first four have been a bear um logistics not to bore everybody but february kind of the weather ridden country slow um fight it it's it's just been it's it sucked it's it sucked the first four days but you know we got big weekend we got friendly yeah. we had a Super Bowl party which you, I love a Super Bowl party do you, now do you host it or do you go to it I am going to host one this year um, I have went to them and I have hosted them and oh that's good 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 to find out three days before well um, I was going to make it on air um, <laughs> yeah you know, yeah you were. Um, I was going to invite all of our out. fans <laughs> yeah all um, of our, hey all four of you. Um, and actually, two are in Singapore, apparently. Um, Jared, yeah. Jared will cover flights. Yep, I will cover <laughs> flights. Um, no. Um, Super, Bo- it, Super Bowl. Um, three choices. Uh, Chiefs, Eagles, or the commercials. What's your priority? I don't really care about any of them other than I just dislike the Chiefs. Um you know, I I, oh, I, I I hope for a good game. I hope that everybody's healthy. Don't care about the commercials. Um, I forgot about the fourth option. Uh, any dish. Yeah, uh, I'm going with food. Velveeta. I'm going food. I, I mean, I'm looking for food. I'm going B Hall's wings. Um, right. m- maybe some of the best wings around. I'm going um, uh, green egg, uh, slow cooked pork butt for pulled pork. That's going to be delicious. I think we'll do nachos with that of the nacho variety. Uh, I mean, the will menu it, is going to be excellent. Will it be neon nacho cheese sauce or shredded or, you know, how, 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 are, how are you gourmet with your finger food or are you just like, screw it, bring it out of the box, let's do it? No, I'm, 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 I'm somewhere in between. I'm not real gourmet, but I, I am, you know, I put a little bit of thought into it. I make sure the the... The meat and potatoes, and, and you know, I guess the. So do you put a do you put a bud can up your turkey ass on the thousand dollar, two thousand dollar green egg? No, okay, no, good. no, I don't. All right, well then we can hang out. Um, today we are at uh, Well Spent Brewing, our uh, more than generous host and partner to the show here. Um, as you notice, Jared, you came in, you 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 kind of were loud about it, like surprised. My beer of choice today is not cold and yellow. It is cold and not quite black, more of a dark, dark amber, and I am drinking today beer uh, creatively called Dark. Uh, it is a Czech-style dark lager. Uh, it's brilliant. It is good. Really good. Uh, clean. Come down. Check it out. Uh, I've mentioned this a number of times. I'm telling you, for those of you that are into the soccer, 
game uh, from a fandom standpoint, and you're looking forward to the upcoming season downtown at City Park. Um, well Spent is going to be a solid option for you to pre and post game for a number of different reasons from logistics and parking and space and beer garden. Beers are great. They also have a new um, amenity. They have two new amenities. I know we've kind of ruined the uh, purest craft beer factor. Now Game playing, trivia night, bring your dog. Now there is what? TVs. With Right now we're looking at uh, Dortmund uh, late afternoon game. Mm. So they're... Uh, they're leaning in. Uh, we're, we've 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 got some converts here, so give them a follow. Well Spent Brewery uh, down 2700 block of Olive. Check them out. Um, so a lot a lot of be, before our guest gets here in just a little bit, a uh, lot of shit going on just in general. Like in uh, clearly in uh, the globe, from just regular news to political news to local to sports to. Uh, a couple things that I wanted to chat with you about because I want to get your take on it. Um, I also have one that I want to come right back to you, especially it's so close to um, our our previous um, our guest that we have just previously had on, uh, yes. and I would like to actually see what they they would say on this as well. But you you go first. Uh, fir- first things first, um, a topic that I don't care at all about in general but created a little bit of a stir on my own social media page. Uh, I saw photos, stole it from somebody else, and it was a split screen of uh, LeBron and his infamous shot from last night in which he passed uh, Kareem for all-time scoring leader, right? No defense. Uh, And then the split side of the screen was Jordan, you know, at uh, Chicago Stadium, that was actually in Utah, uh, crossing over Byron Russell in that final shot um, late in that game. And I think it was a game so, six. So you know the photo I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. And I just my comment was sad because the, 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 the clip was, you know, when you zoom in on the LeBron photo, every single person pulling out their cell phones to looking through their phone. Most of them are looking through their phones at, the quote, the shot. And then you, the split screen is Jordan, in which nobody even has a phone, living in the moment. And, you know, I, I clearly I'm older. I'm a nerd like that. But I was really surprised at the amount of people that were like, well, this is just an advance in technology. You know, this isn't, you know, the, the, you're reading into it. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm reading into it. I think, I think that photo is actually a nice little possible uh, college thesis topic yeah on today's well you know actually you're probably in line with me on this one aren't you i am actually i'm absolutely in line with you what i will say though if you really thumb in close which i think this is pretty cool um and there's been multiple um people that have have, have commented on it but the owner of nike phil knight yeah, he's, he's sitting courtside that. yeah Next to both of LeBron's sons, yeah, I think everybody else in the picture has their phones out, not except for them three, yeah, and not Phil Knight. Kudos to Phil Knight. Yeah, he uh, well, he's seen a few things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he likes his memory versus you know, I guess, capturing it on Snapchat. So yeah, so so there's that aspect of it, which I mean, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but suffice to say, we're on our phones too much, including myself. I know it. I looked at that picture and I'm like, I'm one of those douchebags. Um, 
But the other thing is like, and this is nothing, like Dave Portnoy was on Twitter today talking about the whole thing because yeah, he is not a LeBron fan. Uh, and everybody goes after him about it. And today he said something, and I'm not a Portnoy fan, um, just seems overly whiny in his power, right? Uh, anyway, he said, here's the reality of the top six players of all time, which he goes, he, he readily admits that LeBron is in the top six. But uh, of the top six, the five that he ranks in front of them all have a home, right? Bird is Boston. Jordan is Chicago. Kobe is L.A., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, LeBron has no home. And I love that because I'm not a LeBron fan either. Because, again, yeah, I mean, you, you clearly love basketball more than me. But if I were to ask you, the basketball fan, if LeBron goes into the Hall of Fame, what jersey does he wear? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I whatever he when wants. When he goes, when uh, he goes, whatever he wants. I mean, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours about um, the the hand check rule and and the way they play defense and and you know and how the game has changed and Le- LeBron's longevity, um, which is we could talk about that. I mean, I, whether you like the guy or not, his longevity yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Well, we've already talked about LeBron too. Yeah, we're long. done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you were referencing our previous guest, um, which I would just like to take a second to kind of... We were texting a little bit last night about this. Uh, fall on the sword, um, because as a Granite City kid, you, you, there are certain schools that were rivals. Collinsville's obvious, but then those on the west side of the river for, for our years were the big four, SLU, DeSmet, CBC, uh, and Viani. And Terry Mickler head coach of CBC for 51 years, over 1,000 wins, 10 state titles, was our guest the other night. And I, not only was I, like, incredibly impressed with his preparation just in communicating, he sits down with a notebook, ready to talk, is extremely fluid in, in kind of the chronological storytelling. Uh, and then after the fact, he shoots us a voice message that's, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes long. Just, just kind. Thank you. This is a good thing. I, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to tell the stories, and it just kind of like <clears throat> made me feel like what the the conversations that we're having are not therapy. They're not helping people in that kind of way, but it's kind of cool hearing people like Terry tell their stories and then find out that there's a really good dude behind those stories. So that was the last episode, and if you, you know, if you missed it, go listen to it. Um, and I totally circumvented what you were going to say. Well, I, I mean, I, I was, you know, driving to the episode. I had um, some sort of preconceived notion. Driving home, um, I had some thoughts. After his voicemail, I had some thoughts. And, and bottom line, the guy is humble. He's educated. Um, he's successful. Um, he was a joy to be around. Um, the proof's in the pudding. Listen to the episode. The guy is an ace. Um, everything that you said, preparedness. Um, what I was going to bring up was a news story kind of along the same lines that I would love to have the conversation with him. I would love to have it with Mr. Leaker um, because those episodes were so CYC-based. If anybody saw, and I saw it on the KSDK uh, app, which I'm sure it was on other apps or other news uh, agencies here in St. Louis, um, they released a tentative um, 
the the CYC footprint is changing quite a bit. Next year and into the 2024, 2025, as far as schooling, mm-hmm. they are combining. They're going from 180 parishes to what, what they're going to do, like 85 or 88 parishes. Okay. So these guys who grew up playing CYC ball, which the, the footprint has changed. It was discussed in both episodes. Right. The, the rivals, the, the, the parishes, who was who, that is all changing. That is extremely interesting to me. I mean, they have maps on the article. They have who's combining with who potentially. They have the reason why. It's it's a it's a phenomenal thing. Well, it's it's one of those things that <clears throat> I, uh, I I was having lunch today with a friend over in Granite actually on some other items, and we were talking about the local club and uh, just a couple of ideas to help them get some people interested and. And whatnot, and we started going down the rabbit hole of, you know, the differences between the super clubs and your community-based clubs, and where you know the role that CYC plays. So, hearing that, and I didn't see the article, but it, it just kind of—I'm not surprised. I guess is where what, what I'll start with, but I think it'll help them. They need to squeeze it together a little bit, you know, try to make the teams a little bit more competitive. You know, because I still have one that is is playing in the younger CYC league, and it's just, it's a little tough to watch those games sometimes, you know? Well, and I'm not even talking about level. I'm, I'm more talking about the these institutions that have been here for, you know, and this stretches from Sullivan, you know, the, 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 the parishes that are, you know, 50 miles southeast, west of St. Louis and who they are and where they are and what their names are and whether they have a school or sure. if it's just a church or both um, and, and how the Archdiocese of St. Louis is going to change this into, uh, I guess they're going to streamline it and probably for multiple reasons, probably for revenue, probably for um uh, yeah. To maybe make it less stale, but I think that you know Terry referenced it specifically on who he went to, um, which I think was St. John's, um, and then he left and right were his rivals. I didn't really notice the map, but I mean these these places are combining. Yeah, I mean so like Mr. Leaker, Terry, well these guys. Well, I, they, they, there's there's another there's kind of an obvious. A macro issue occurring uh, for all these kind of traditional parishes in general. It's population flight too. You, you know, the the city uh, in 1950 had 900,000 people. And now it's down to 300,000, right? And the county was flipped a little bit, but you have significantly more people starting to flee the county into uh, surrounding counties and, frankly, out of the region. So a lot of these parishes that might have had, let's say. 25,000 people they're they're down to 15 or 30 you know whatever it is so well i also think that there's less families and less kids joining these parishes too totally. so they are losing numbers in general so yeah. they're having to maybe a little bit of this is i hate to say damage control yeah uh we're gonna i, I want to switch uh gears just a little bit because our, our guest is like two and two out um total side uh left turn here uh Streaming shows, I got you hooked on Hulu's The Great. You, you've shot me a couple of texts espousing the brilliance of the show. And for those of you that aren't familiar, it's on Hulu. It's called simply The Great based on Catherine the Great, 
in Russia, late uh, 19th century, eight, whatever century it is. Uh, and it's, I laugh out loud. My wife laughs out loud. What's your take on the show and why should people watch it? Uh, my take is it's highly entertaining. Um, when you first watch it, you almost have to get into it like, where are they going with this? And then it just hook lines and sinkers you. The, the, um, you can't watch it with kids. There is a lot of sexual innuendos in it, um, which uh, there's nothing X-rated in it really whatsoever other than it's an adult show. Um, the dark undertones of of the somewhat true era of Catherine the Great in Russia against the Ottoman Empire, um, the period time frame shows. It's brilliant. The the okay, so Peter the Great dies. He's got this dipshit son, and his name of course is Peter, and he's called not the Great, um, and he is flipping hilarious. He is a He's a top five character on all shows of yeah. all time for me ever. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm I'm with you, and we watch a lot of shows, and I was t- I was completely blown away and surprised by how much I love the show, and <clears throat> the the other like if I were to describe it, I mean you did a good job of like laying out what the parameters are. I think this show is like a perfect smash up of Game of Thrones meets Monty Python. And the dark humor with the the crassness of it. Oh, it's brilliant! You, you, the, the the science meets the 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 um, what they're trying to do. Catherine the Great's trying to do what she was known for historically um, to the old uh, drink and yeah. uh, make love and eat and fight and 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 then and then just the flat out music and the um, the the costumes. I mean, you it's 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 gold. It's, it's a must-see. Check it out. Here's what we're going to do. Our guy is in route, uh, pulling up now. Um, he's a soccer dad. You know, it's a, you're running late. You know, things happen. you got to get the kids to the games, to the courts, inside out. you got to ju- juggle it with your uh, business partner, a.k.a. your spouse. So he's rolling in here. Uh, stay tuned. Quick break. We're up here at Well Spent. Uh, we're going to get a refill, and we'll be right back with... Uh, our guest du jour. Thank you. We're back. Got our refills here. Our guest du jour of the day. Uh, just popped in. He's got his beer. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna throw him on the mic here in just a second. Uh, but I purposely did a cold start here. Did you notice that? I did. I did. I was like I, I was thinking in the back of my head. Where, where is the music? It's it's here, because for this guest, I was inspired. Okay. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'm gonna play a little bit of this. Here. And he just put the headphones down. We lost our guest for the day. Today, on episode number twenty-five, we have Moby's twin brother. Got Gre- it. Greg Drazda. How you doing, Greg? Good, man. Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro. You like that? You know, and the thing is, it's so lost on so many people right now. They're like, what the hell? I thought this was Jason Bourne. Um, (laughs) That too. Let's be clear. Uh, It is all about the image. 
I mean, it's a good song, though. You like, right? You like the song. Of course, you got to stick with the bull brother. But he does not look like Jason Bourne. He looks more like Moby. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think he can move like Jason Bourne. <laughs> I've seen him. I've seen him. I mean, he, he's, he's pretty athletic. <laughs> Every now and then. Greg, thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Nice spot you guys got here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, they haven't kicked us out yet. Um, the TVs are brand new. <clears throat> they brought TVs in. Now we got games. There's zero TVs for 24 episodes. No what? He just told me uh, Dortmund's the team of choice here. Well, it was so funny because we walked in, and I'm like, oh, nice. You got a TV up there. You know, it's going to help. He's like, yeah, we uh, uh, we picked a team, too. Uh, we're a Dortmund bar. <laughs> oh. And I'm like... <laughs> All right. (laughs) You got to start somewhere, man. He'll probably change Um, at some point, I think. No, I mean, if they're smart, what I would do. And, Eben, if you're listening to this, uh, Wrexham. Mm. Just make Wrexham your team. Absolutely. Uh, Anything associated with Ryan Reynolds um, is gold. And, uh, you know, you do like a Deadpool lager, something (laughs) like that, right? That would work. Yeah, because us. the seven loggers that are in the tanks right now have something to do with Dortmund, it seems like. Everything's a German triple, a German-Belgian, a German-wheat, a German-this. I get it. Know. I mean, they're pretty good at making beer. Yeah, Germans. they are good. The beer's delicious. Did you right. see that Wrexham match this week? It did. Um, it, it was – you know what? I'm, I'm a homer. I, I'm, I'm hook, line, sinker <clears throat> in the whole Wrexham experiment. Uh uh, pomp, pomp, and you know pageantry that is uh, the team and what's going on. Um, let, you know what? Let's start right there because okay. you clearly you've been around the game your whole life. Uh, you've been in deep the last your 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 career life uh, from a professional standpoint. Uh, obviously, we've all been privileged enough to have the t- television showing us any game we want at any time of the right. day of the week. Um, Starting with Ted Lasso, <laughs> leading into Wrexham, you know, be, because I'm, I'm sure you saw this. You're on Twitter, right? Yep. All right. Did you, did you see the uh, U.S. Open Cup crew losing their minds, you know, whenever everybody was like... I didn't see that. Sorry. You, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, Everybody's upset of Wrexham's success here in the States. Yeah, they're that, jealous That's what of I think. The Rex, Lamar Hunt you know, crowd. Yeah, like... You're kidding me. Everybody's well, what's talking to be about, upset about? We, well, so so the, the simplistic argument that they're making is, you know, this isn't the only place that has a, uh, you know, minor league relegation, you know, you know, uh, uh, competition in which a pub club can beat the, the, you know, the Giants. Wrexham isn't new. We've been doing it for 140 years or whatever. Hmm. But the difference is they don't have Ryan Reynolds. That's correct. <laughs> they do got Gracie Hunt. Yeah. Are you talking? Are they referring to the U.S. Open Cup? Yes. yes. And they're trying to compare that to the FA Cup. Yes. Yeah, so you understand why I thought it was foolish. Yeah. Look, I uh, spent some of my tenure at the United States Soccer Federation, great institution up in Chicago. Heard and, of it. Yeah. And we, uh, part of the one of the things they do is they put on the U.S. Open Cup, and it's a great competition. Hey, real quick, though, high press. Keep that mic up closer to those uh, Moby Lips ears. <laughs> do I get to break out in song? You do. Um, it's a great competition, the U.S. Open Cup, but it does not doesn't hold up to the FA Cup. Well, you know what? For, forget about the level of the competition and kind of the, the history and all that. I mean, let's just let's just call it spade a spade. The reason why Wrexham is an interesting, engaging story is because of the story itself. 
Correct. It's, it's not. I mean, yeah, of course they got to win games. It's still. Well, they've also had some success that has helped uh, push the story along. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. what are they? They're 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 first in the fifth division, right? I think they're right up there with Knotts County. Yeah, they're they're yep. neck and neck. Yep, and um, they 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 forced a second leg against Sheffield. You know, I mean, right. so let's go. And well, let's be and honest that that's seventy places, seventy, yeah. seven zero. We don't have that many pro teams. That no, would be able to do that. Right. Yeah, that's well, a good, that's a good point. Well, there's there's that, and then in watching those games against Sheffield, they they could have should have. I mean, realistically, they should have won. Should have won the, the first, first game. They absolutely should have won at yeah. home. That kid on the uh, back post is still gutted. Yes, he is, is. He is gutted as the guy that let the ball go through his legs. Uh, I'm hoping it's not the same guy. If I'm being honest with you, my God, oh, that, that's a no, th- that's a guy, session. The, I think the guy in the second game was a right back, and in the first game, I think he was a wing mid. McElhaney will probably put the put him on like an episode of his Always Sunny and like. <laughs> And be like the, the 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 crippled brother or something, yeah. you know. I mean, you think about that kid that did that. He's seen that ball a thousand times, and then one time he decides to bend over like he's genuflecting. Like what? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's uh, what, what's that? What's that famous play in baseball where the ball goes through the guy, Bill Buckner? Buckner. Yeah. Yes. Right. Goes through his legs. Well, you know, to borrow a soccer analogy that some of my buddies kind of throw around when someone messes up is the Steven Gerrard slip. <laughs> yeah, but that's. Yeah, and uh, Michael Dugan, I know you're listening. He fell, you know, and you know who they. And were that hurts playing? me to say, I'm a Liverpool fan, but well, you know who they were playing in that game, right? Uh huh. Yep. We don't right. talk about that. We don't talk about Chelsea. That. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know who they were playing. Let's go, Granite City High. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we, we've we've complete. We've already jumped the shark a little bit here. Uh, back up a little bit. One of the reasons that we reached out to you because. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, frankly, you just you have a unique perspective of the game, uh, given what your day job is, uh, given your experiences not only at U.S. Soccer but um, as an, uh, working with an agency that represents professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, give us a quick, um, you know, is, we're in a five-story building. We're in the elevator. Give us, give us, give us a quick little background, yeah. and let's get into some stories. Well, for me too. Um I'm excited about it too, Greg, because you know we have we've hung out, families know each other somewhat, um, we play some ball together, and and I know nothing about your professional life, so I, yeah, give us that, you know, give us more than the five story view. Okay, what are we seven story building? Yeah, maybe like a right. maybe like the ten thousand foot view. We just got stuck in the elevator. Um, what I do now is I, I do work with a firm, with an agency, if you will, and we work with athletes on their financial side. Right. So we manage every single aspect of their finances. So we don't you know, do the deal with St. Louis City, but when they get the deal done and they have earnings, we help them manage it. You know, um, First of all, you start with a budget. Make sure that you're, you're saving, you're spending smartly. If it, so at first, know, it's education-based. 100%. I mean, at first and foremost, we're investment advisors, right? So build their investment portfolio, but you can't do that if the kid doesn't know how to save. So, so that we don't go down the road of explaining what a Roth IRA is, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Let's you 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 hyperfocus on athletes. Yeah, uh, you have the agency. You've got a number of uh, professional soccer players, a long long list yep. over the years. Yeah, so hockey players as well. Yep, few NFL. Few NFL. Yep. Um, but let, let, before we get into that, 
prior to that where you really kind of cut your teeth getting into, you know, like any industry, building your Rolodex, you, you arguably uh, broke into the club while in Chicago uh, at U.S. Soccer. That's correct. So you, uh, uh, Stelzer. Yeah, Matt Stelzer, John Stelzer, buddies of mine. Uh, I met John first. I was at U.S. Soccer in 1996. Okay. And started right before the Summer Olympics that were down there in Athens, Georgia. And that's when, you know, really where the women's national team kind of stamped their presence on the scene. And then that led right into, you know, certainly 1998 and that experience with the men, but uh, really launched the women in 1999. Um, I spent four or five years at U.S. Soccer. And then, uh, what was your role there? Yeah, were you working? Believe it or not, I was on. The, I was on. Yeah, I wish. No, I was actually on the marketing side. Oh. So you know, you see the field signage and all those sponsors, and worked with Nike, AB. These were you involved folks. with the denim jersey that had the stars? <laughs> because I love that jersey. Do you know what we we kept trying to ask? Uh, Nike wouldn't have it, right? Because I was an Adidas jersey. Yeah, that was and that was '94, and I didn't come in there until '96. You don't like it? Like, oh my god! I want that jersey right now. Yeah, I, well, I, mean, the I design, think that jersey's great. You don't want the denim. I dude. do want the oh, denim, man. man. Are you kidding me? All right, next question. Right, <laughs> no, we can't give him leeway here. No, um, that's right. So you're up in U.S. Soccer. You're working in the marketing department. Um, so you know, obviously a large organization. You're. Were you doing the traveling, um, or were you camped out in Chicago? And who was coming through the doors there, player-wise? And talk about a little bit the uh, kind of the, uh, the 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 vibe, the community at the time. Yeah. Um, for me, it was traveling domestically, whether they you know, were visiting sponsors and what have you, but we did a lot of activation in and around games mm-hmm. and in and around those markets, and that's where I got to meet the players. A handful of times, the guys, would, or the gals for that matter, would play at Soldier Field and U.S. Soccer at the time. They just recently moved to a different office in downtown Chicago, but when I was there, they were in a mansion pretty much across Lakeshore Drive from U.S. Soccer. It was pretty in, cool. That was uh, G- uh, Gold Coast, right? Uh, no, it's farther south, like directly across from Soldier Field. Gold Coast is a Was it with the wrought oh, iron fence? Yes. And then they had like the yep. really nice yard with the big trees. Oh, yes, and then they yes, had the yes. one little sign that had yep. a light on it. Yep. I mean, when you walked by it, it was just cool. It was really, have you guys, a uh, little tidbit here, have you ever seen the movie Primal Fear with Ed Norton and Richard Gere? Oh, uh, they recorded parts of that there, didn't they? The Archbishop is murdered in that movie in, the, in uh, U.S. Soccer's office. Well, I, really? I, I have a Chicago movie story, too. Okay. Damn uh, it, I need to watch that yeah. right now. I, it's at the very beginning. They got the TVs here. Uh, <laughs> I worked at Kitty O'Shea's. Sure. Across the street from your office, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, right? Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Filmed in Chicago, Hilton and Towers. It was up in the penthouse. No kidding. Yeah. And, and then, obviously, yeah. The Fugitive. Yep. yep. The beautiful Mr. Harrison Ford running through into the ballroom. That's correct. Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah. That's good. He's great. <laughs> 1923, isn't he? I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm still blasting through the great, which, by the way, we're totally going to go uh, uh, parallel real quick or uh, perpendicular, right? Left turn. Yeah. Uh, do you watch great? Have you seen it? Seen what? The great. It's okay. Lou. Yeah, just watch it. Okay, let's get back to soccer. But no, I'm no, telling you, sorry. watch the great. I got um, it. Yeah, we're going to bug you. Till no, we... no, it's a problem. Uh, I met a lot of the agents and that I work with now and a lot of the players, certainly in a, a generation or two ago, uh, in those U.S. soccer days. So when I came to the firm I'm with, the firm's been around since 91. I started consulting with them in 04 and came with them in, in 08. And they're based out of St. Louis, Greg? Yeah, they're here in St. Louis. Uh, I helped start our soccer division in 07. Nice. Um, 
there was a particular player making a move from New England to Fulham. Mm. Um, and you can name names. Clint. I heard of him. He's from Texas, right? Yeah. And so that kind of helped. You know, that's a good name to have, right? And since then, the soccer business has been pretty good. Um, we've built it. I think we've probably got 30 some odd soccer players across the entire globe. Are they do, are, out of the 30, how many of those are domestic? That is a great question. Um, 10, 11. Really? So, so you have a third of them are just here in your backyard, and you guys have two thirds of your uh, um, of your client base in Europe that don't have American visas. No, 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 no. I, you got to. Uh, they're American. Okay. Okay. So, right, so we're security licensed individuals, right? So we got to work with the U.S. citizens. Okay. Okay. Right, understood. Right, so I apologize. So. And then keep in mind that you know Clint's now retired. A couple of guys that you know you see on your broadcasts are clients, and they're retired. Uh, our active players are spread out throughout Europe. Okay. Um, okay. We've got some guys in Mexico and even have had a couple guys in Asia. Um, but, you know, there's a handful of guys scattered throughout the league here in MLS, so I'm excited to come see them play here in City um, so I don't have to go see them play in their stadiums. I can come see them in, in ours. And yeah. I promised when they come into town that I would sit on my hands and uh, not necessarily cheer against, against them. Well, that makes well, you can sense. do whatever you want to do as long as you get them on our show. That's fine. Well, yeah, we can work on that. <laughs> well, uh, and they don't that. even have to be a dad. They just have to have dads or a relationship with a dad. Yeah, you know. Or any, you know. A couple of them are dads. Know how to spell it. A couple of them are dads. Works, too. And they actually have their kids in club soccer. I'm sure they are. I, we saw Clint at um, uh, in Dallas at Supercopa. Yep. Yeah. Walking around. So my, my question, um, are you... From a business standpoint, um, and starting this and having what we have, this beautiful facility two and a half miles down the road. Right. Um, two and a half blocks. Two and a half blocks. I apologize. Um, are you licking your chops? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean what's this my, mean for growth? For my business, it means just about everything, right? Because I think not only will you have the players and their representation coming through here, and when I say representation, they're actual player agent. So I work with players directly. I work with agents directly. And now they're going to be coming here. Now you work with Wasserman specifically, directly. Wasserman's one of them. Yep. Yep. But it's not only an exclusive. You know, there's YMU. Uh, there's Mega Sports Management. Okay. There's a handful of them. Uh, <laughs> you know how many stellar. soccer parents are, like, pausing the show right now? I'm, I'm going to write this down. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> interesting you guys say that. I've had some conversations both here domestic, here locally in St. Louis and across the country with Kids that are coming up through MLS Next, kids that are signing, whether it's U15, U17, you know, we have families that come to us all the time like, hey, my kid is 18 years old. Do I stay on the MLS Next track or do I go to college? You know, I just had actually had a text exchange with a buddy of mine from my U.S. soccer days who's down in Orlando. His kid's tied with Orlando City. He's with their academy there, and he doesn't know if he needs to come and play for SLU, actually. Come to visit with uh, Kalish and those guys this weekend. And so the, the ongoing discussion is – what does it take to be a pro? That's such and, and, an unpeeled it, onion. It I is. Mean, I mean, it just really means how good is the kid? How, what is the ceiling? You know, yep. what is the income level of the family? I, I, well, that's just such a hard <clears throat> conversation. I, I, it's I, a long one. Well, it's I think, very long I, I think that, I mean, we, we were, uh, we have so many conversations, not only off the mics, but. 25th conversation on the mic and mm -hmm. plenty of them with individuals that have lived the process and I think the common denominator maybe you can speak to this and speak directly to the parent side of things um, in so much as how important it is to um, uh, 
manage your own expectations outside of you know the the the, the child's benchmarks, yep. right? Uh, how important is it for parents to figure out what their zen or what their getaway is or what the trick is to manage their own expectations for children that are, you know, because everybody thinks their kid is a, a, a number one, right? Um, what 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 would you say to them? Having worked with so many clients that have thrived, and I guarantee a handful that have not, mm -hmm. uh, you know, crashed and burned, in fact, um, what, what would you say to them? Just kind of like one little tidbit of uh, preparation, mental, mental uh, preparation. Let the kid drive the boat. The kid has to do it. Um, too many parents look at it through their lens and through their eyes. They got to walk in the shoes of the kid. And you know your kid better than anybody. Are they the shy, quiet type? Are they the loud, gregarious type? Um, do they put the extra work in on their own, or do they, do they only go through structured training sessions? Or do they flat out even want it? There it is. That's exactly right. And sometimes, even at a high level, kids are on that field because they think their dad wants them to be there. You know, you got to have those conversations at the dinner table. You got to. You know, like, do you want this, or do you want to be out there because you think I want you to be there? Yeah. I and... Uh, you have to you have to settle in your own skin to say, yeah, it'd be great to have my kid on the national team and how cool would that be to go to games and see my kid do it. But to what you said, if the kid doesn't want it, that's the, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, you, you can take it to golf, you can take it to basketball, you can take it to soccer. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have it between the ears and in your heart, that's the difference between maybe playing for a Wrexham or a St. Louis FC and playing in... The EPL. Well, we all know multiple examples that we could have another show or bore our listeners yep. of how many people were talented enough athletically in other sports besides soccer to make it. But when it became 18 to 21, where it became let's become a pro, and now it's even earlier nowadays, let's call it, let's be real, Yep. Um, they just don't have it. You're I mean, correct. it's just they, they don't have the ability. Uh, they have the athletic ability. They don't have the intellectual maturity ability to even have a sniff at being a pro. 100%. I mean, you guys have seen it. Even in today's environment, you can turn on a, on a game. Yeah. And a guy's more mentally in tune and smarter, and he's on the field. Well, I, you know, <clears throat> the term soccer IQ um, from a playing perspective is, is tossed around kind of loosely. You know, and, there, and and there's a handful of people that really, really get it from a, from from a, a staff coaching standpoint. Right. When whenever they address uh, uh, soccer IQ or, or trying to, uh, I, I don't know, bring more of that out of players at youth levels, at academy right. levels. Right. Um, but the the other part of soccer IQ, in my experience, is is the parents' ability to understand you know, their, their kid's decision-making process, not only on the field, but in the morning with the breakfast, with yep. the training, you know, uh, in, in the player, in, in the client base that you've had, yep. give it, give us a story of elevated soccer IQ um, that, you know, just an example of somebody that just got it, not only on the field, but in, off the field and in preparation? Um, you know, there's a handful of those. You know, we've had clients that all of a sudden they're paying attention to what they're putting in their body, right? And, you know, there's countless stories that I can't get into about guys who would go out and party and then get up and play a game six hours later. And all of a sudden they realize, like, wait a second, 
you know, I got to be able to compete, not only compete, but make the next contract. Oh, they thought it was a contract. Oh, they thought that yellow drink was yeah. lemon lime. Gator. That's exactly. No, that's not lemon lime. Gator. You know, so, you know, when they're 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, it's fast and furious. It's, it's party scene, buy the car, buy the jewelry, buy all these kind of things that you, uh, you need to do to have fun and flash. Yeah. Um, you know, he might kill me for saying this, but you know, the guy that I'll bring up is, uh, what I would think one of the best products to come out of St. Louis in the sport. Um, for different reasons, maybe not the best athlete, but certainly one of the better ones. Uh, Tim Ream. Tim Ream is heard of him. Mid thirties. He's been a long time client of ours, and the kid prepares all the time. He's not paying attention to social media. He's paying attention to what he's doing in terms of rest, what he's doing in terms of sleep, what he's doing in terms of eating and drinking. And here he is having an unbelievable year, and arguably one of the best and uh, most challenging leagues in the country and he's supposedly supposed to have been retired yeah for a couple of years and at that point right now with his age and what you're saying to speak on it he he has to do that to stay relevant because nobody is uh, father time's undefeated correct but you know what i'm saying like you don't wake up at 32 and just flip a switch he's been doing it since he was at St. University. Well, yeah. most do, but they typically say Dominic, flip let's go back to St. Dominic. Yeah, we can all right. We'll go all the way back to Weldon You know, the, the, uh, the switch gets flipped the wrong way. Uh, real quick, too, we yeah. had our uh, uh, second carpool co-host of the day uh, show up. Zach, how's it going, man? Great. Minus traffic. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't want to get into where you guys live and everything, but if you didn't live 3,700 miles west... You would solve your truth. <laughs> me and Mark Twain, we wrote some books. Um, we're we're so, fucking out so there. So, Draj, Draj, you're with me, though. Yeah, I mean, you, what, what are you? You're a solid, I don't know, three wood across the 44 from me. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, these guys, though, they're, they're not. Listen, my wife has a six-minute <laughs> commute one way. For how many years? For 15 years. Okay, so you can't ask for, like, one my commute is four minutes from my bedroom downstairs to you my gotta, office. Damn, you got a big house. Four <laughs> yeah. minutes. I walk real <laughs> slow. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get back into the nonsense. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the if, Tim. If I can, can, I can jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, he's Tim's had a long career. You know, it started in high school, went down to college. He went into MLS. Um, the Bolton experience wasn't terrible, but wasn't the best. And you look at what he's done and with uh, with Fulham and how long he's been there. And he's been up, he's been down, he's been up, and he's been down. And he keeps the noise out. Yeah. Um, you know, he was with the national team, and then he wasn't. Right. And I think you guys probably saw men in blazers. You yep. know, he's talking to and having a quite frank conversation about whether or not he wants to even go to the World Cup. And that's all about how Tim approaches the game. And it's... What I'm saying to you is that it's a lot for him is bright between the ears, and he's got the yeah. greatest mindset on how he approaches his career, and then he's got an unbelievable amount of attention he focuses on his family. Well, if you recall, remember a couple of years back when we were uh, doing something similar to this over at Amsterdam? Yep. And we were out back, and he was in town. Um, I forgot what you guys were. Or no, it was a U.S. game. Wasn't yeah, it, it was uh, November of 2015. They had that qualifier yeah. at Bush Stadium. Well, he was in town, came over. Because we Paraguay? Had, <clears throat> no, it was uh, one of the, oh, it's a fishing, like, not Barbados. It was Bar- no, Bar- Barbados. No, it was a little bit more recent because. It was 2018. Yeah, it was, it was more Josh recent. Josh Sargent was there, too. It was Rob, Rob Stelzer was with me, and, and yeah. we were interviewing Tim. Yeah, we got him down. 
Remember Michael Cameron? Yes. God, I love him. Oh, my God. But Michael was uh, not liking the environment, even though Tim was loving it. So here, here's my point why I want to bring that back up, because I specifically remember asking him the question, because uh, this was right about the time that the current ownership group had laid down kind of that home run package for the MLS team here. Um, that was coming to fruition. We knew that the timing of his contract was going to be ending roughly at year one of uh, what was to be the first year for St. Louis City, right? That's correct. And remember, I asked him, I'm like, you know, seems like stars are aligning, right. you know, and, and do you remember his reply? You remember his answer? Mm -mm. He uh, flat out said, I have no, no interest in playing here. As long as I can okay. play in England, yeah. I am going to play at in the, the highest level with no disrespect yep. to the MLS. And he still wants to do that. I know. And he's over the moon about his extension. And he's doing it. Yeah. He's over My the moon. My question to love, you is, love. if you watch that World Cup and take the homerness, take that he's from St. Dominic or your home club or St. Louis or a client, rank him um, rank him in the World Cup for you. Oh, yeah. Just, just flat out rank him without all the other noise and bullshit behind it. And you can be honest about it. You can. He's not listening to this. I mean, just rank right. him. Just <laughs> flat out rank him because we've ranked him. And, I, I mean, just go ahead. Um, I think from a consistency standpoint and a crafty veteran side point, I think he's one of the best out there. If you're talking about just the U.S. national team. I'm talking about three game, four games in the World Cup. We, we basically had 12, 13 players that played the majority of the, yeah. the games, right? Uh, let me, let me, let me, I'll go first. Uh, Tyler Adams, in my opinion, was number one. I think all yeah. around was the most valuable, effective player for U.S. Right. I think it's a clear cut. Second place was Tim Ream. Based on the consistency, he just arguably did not make a mistake. Based on how he kept the ball out of the back for me. But you go. I'd put him in that, uh, in that top definitely three, four players. Um, obviously, you need guys to put the ball in the back of the net, right? Because yeah. uh, you can have all the great defenders you want if you don't score a goal. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's the life of a defender. Yeah, you can't win 0-0. Zero, zero. So, no disrespect to Tim, but I would put him in the top. Um, some guys will roll their eyes at me. Uh, some guys will say no, but, the dude, he's calm on the ball. He's consistent. Who the hell is rolling your eyes at you? They didn't watch. Uh, they must play kickball. They didn't fucking watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw somebody under the bus on the mic. We'll talk about it afterwards. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there's some intangibles there. We talked about stuff between your ears. What's he doing in the hotel with the team? What's yeah. he doing in the locker room with the team? How is he a conduit between the coaches and these younger kids? Because let's be honest, that was the youngest lineup we've ever rolled out in think, the World Cup. Do you think in, there's correct, any correlate? Do you think there's any correlation with the long hair and the ponytail? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Too, I agree. The longer the hair, the more consistent it can be, right? <laughs> no, I think that there's a reason why. First of all, he was selected, and obviously, you can't ignore what he's been doing in the prem this year. And he went on the arguably the biggest stage, and he stayed level and he stayed consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Does it, when does he smile though? All the time, all yeah, the time. I don't. But I mean, he's he's pretty serious when it comes to his profession. I mean, I, I mean, if I was from Wentzville, St. Dom kid, I don't know if I'd smile either. <laughs> he's probably more from O'Fallon, St. Charles <laughs> yeah. County, than he is from Wentzville. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, Tim, I know you're listening. I know you smile. Yeah. No, he does, and I think that um, you know, for him, I was, if I can bring the homerness into it, elated that he got named. Yeah. When they got cut... And it had nothing up, to do with your commission structure. Zero. Okay. Zero. He lets me have it all the time. I always tell <laughs> no. Um, no, well, let's back that up. Hold on. So we talked about this on other episodes when we had uh, Josh's dad on. So we were all under the impression, and maybe our impression was wrong. Um, so there you go in. The, the, the thing that the, the roster is announced. 
for us three, I think all of us, it, maybe it's a homer thing, we think Tim Ream is in our center back a lock as a starter because who else do you start above him? Josh, eh, we'll see if he plays. He does end up starting and plays. But, like, like, so for Tim to not even, like, okay, the gray area, he might not make it. Zach said it on a previous episode. He was a lock for him, was he not? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, let me, um, oh, man, I just blanked on his name. But Greg Berhalter likes to play a high line on his back line, so you got to be fast. The Vickers guy? Cameron Carter Vickers has been having an unbelievable season in Europe. But, no, um, help me out, he's a center back in New York. Well, it's not the other ponytail uh, guy. Um, not uh, I'll, it's, uh, I'll look it up, but my point is he suffered a little bit of an injury a little bit, but he's fast, right? Brooks? No. Uh, he's at the Red Bull. At Red Bull but we got Zach going stats. The point I'm making is that when you look at that back line, you got fast defenders. Dest on the right, Robinson on the left, and the two center backs have to have pace, and that's what he did the entire qualification process. You're right. And that's Aaron one Long. of the re- – Aaron Long, thank you very much for that. All right, so, so – So my point is, like, Tim knew – the style. And that's why if you look at some of these interviews and he's talking about like, I want to have a serious conversation about whether or not I'm going to be used. Right. Because I'm having an unbelievable Premier League season. Mm-hmm. And do I need to take my focus off of that for 12 days, 14 days and not even be utilized? Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, for, for him to get in there. And really longer sh- than 12, 14, maybe even. Fair enough. Yeah, but whatever. But when he's looking at it, you look at it from a player's standpoint, you at least have those three games. And you're hoping... And with hard work, you but let me ask you this: Does any other player, in consideration, even for a second, question saying yes, other than Tim, because oh, of what uh, you, you said? Well, you know, it's funny. Is like, well, go ahead. I, well, I want to hear your answer. Part, part of what I was going to get to a few minutes ago is, you know, we didn't get we didn't qualify in 2018, right? And Tim's sitting on the bench, yep, with Jeff Cameron, both of whom are playing in England. Right. And there's always the debate, and I'm taking no disrespect to anybody that was playing, but there's always that debate when you need points, why don't you have guys playing at a high level in Europe on the field? Yep. If you remember that back line and who was playing center back, well, it was MLS guys. Yeah. And no disrespect to them, but how do you... So, so let me take issue with the no disrespect lead-in statement because we should disrespect when... No, in, see, in that's hard like because that, I know because these guys. Totally right? understand. So, and, you, and you're walking a fine line. We're not. I have no professional clients, right? <laughs> and let me say it for me, not for you. I'm going to say it on my behalf. It is ridiculous to leave your power players on the bench right. consistently when you're one and done. You know, right. I, I, I never understand. I, I turn that game off halfway through. I'm like, it's, it's over. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right. right, and and I think that here we are, four years, four and a half years later, really, right, coming into, <clears throat> coming out of Qatar, with, I don't know, would you consider Qatar, uh, ex- met expectations, exceeded expectations, significantly exceeded, or other? How how would you how would you rank us? Look, I I think from my perspective, having been around. Um, this is a one man's humble opinion, right? Being around the national team system very intimately um, for a number of years now, that we exceeded expectation. Again, people might roll their eyes at that, but you got to look at where we are from a 30,000 foot level. We didn't even qualify for 2018. We qualified for this. Do, do you think the we got is, out of the group? Do you think the, our, our litmus test bar is too low? It could if, be. If but we, we, but we also have some massive ex- expectations <clears throat> in this country. 
we have to be winning, we have to be winning, we have to be winning, right? And I'm not taking anything away from that. But you qualified, you got out of your group, and that's a goal. And now when you get out of your group, you competed in every single game. And then you competed in that last one. So mm. you, you managed expectations. See, that's, my, that's the massive expectation. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I guess you held possession, but you were... Go ahead. I, I'm not even. We don't. This will take forever. When you, to when go. you get yeah. to when you get to, I'm in the mood to bang my head on the table. Yeah. Look, yeah. when you get to the final eight, when you get to that final four, when you get to that last game, look how deep those rosters are. Yeah. So my my follow up to that though would be okay. So if, if the expectation was met by getting out of the group and being competitive in each match, what's the expectation for 2026? It's got to be higher than that, right? Absolutely. I think you always want it to be higher. So did we basically reset the expectations in 2018 when we didn't make it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I, I, think, you, I think it's a good point. I just I want to make sure that we set that stage because it's not like we had the expectation from 1950 yeah. <laughs> and then 02, and then we we're continuing to build. Well, kind of reset look, the If you look at the, the way that the national team goes, right, you go through a generation of players has right. two, maybe three World Cups. And then it's a whole new crop. So when we didn't qualify for 18, there aren't many holdovers from that team onto the next one, right? And so then you got to get these these guys to play and play at a high level. And I don't know if we're deep enough to say that we're going to get to a final eight or a final four every time. So let me ask you this: If we're, we're gonna definitely compared, not clinical enough. No, no, no. But if we're going to compare us to other nations, I mean, eight have won, right? We haven't been to the finals. We've gotten to the elite, you know, the, the final eight. Wh- where do we rank as far as consistency with the other other nations? I mean, would you put us in there with where? Wh- what band would you put us in in the world stage? I think we're upper tier, upper tier of the middle pack. Yeah. No, no disrespect again. I know these guys. <laughs> uh, well, so it- you go in for a sub, and the kid's coming off the bench is coming from MLS. Another club's coming off the bench. He's coming from Real Madrid. Or look at the French team. Correct. I mean, their right. their second team was, yeah. you know, marquee league starters on everything. That's so, correct. You know, for me, if there's eight teams that have won it, you know, not to speak for Greg, but, I mean, those eight teams are clearly in a different class because a lot of those eight teams have won it multiple times. Yep. Um, you know, there might be some 1B teams in there. We're in the 15 to 20, right? Well, that's what I'm trying to get to and what that formula looks like. Meaning if it is a matter of having players that are playing in the top leagues, we're getting stronger there than we've ever been. Correct. I would say. I mean, yeah. I don't know what percentage of the last year's team was in the you know top leagues, but I would say. It was like 85% yeah, of but, our roster was. Yeah, but if you look at the, you go back and look at game by game, you know, over half our roster, except for one game, if I remember correctly, were MLS starters. In a there couple was, positions. There was one game where just about everybody on the field was based in Europe. The rest of the tournament, you had MLS players scattered throughout that starting 11. Right. I, mean, I mean, look, I, I don't know this guy personally, but do you know Joe Scali? Know the name. Yeah, starts every game in the German Bundesliga. Right. Didn't get a sniff on the field. Yeah, there's somebody else from La Liga, same. Uh, what about the other kid from the uh, the bar we're at, uh, <laughs> supporter bar? Uh, I, I mean, they're in their first inning, but how about the yeah. other kid? Um, Rania. Yeah, that might have been him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, look, let me, uh, <laughs> yeah. if I can touch on that, I know, JB, when we were talking before I came on, like, that whole thing is a sad story. Um, but it dovetails into some of the things that you and I have talked about. And you asked me a question a few minutes ago. 
the parents have to get out of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't get in. I mean, look, I'm guilty. My wife will roll her eyes and tell me I'm terrible at it. Um, I do better and better each year in each game. But the parents need to sit down and just cheer their kid. You know, I like to see more parents sitting by the corner flag, having a beer, maybe a smoke, <laughs> and watching their kid play versus the, the parent who's sitting at midfield screaming at his kid every single time. We and that translates to everything. We know both. Right? Oh, yeah. Both kinds. Look, there's I've, – I've talked to guys in confidence. I've heard some whisperings, and there was a situation there. And, if, you know, on the flip side of that, it should have never been talked about. It should have stayed in-house. Um you know, I've read the reports and talked to other people, and, and Burhalter was trying to make a compliment about how the team overcame something and made a positive out of it, and it backfired massively. Um, but some of that well, situation— Well, I mean, wait, wait when, you, when, you, when you build the speed bump, yeah, you know, it's kind of like you, you, you don't get both sides of the good job coin in a situation like that. Right. You did, uh, well, let me ask you this. But I mean, if, if, can we all agree that parents— can and are an issue. Oh, we, we all, started we the show suck. for that yeah, <laughs> reason. That actually is our mantra. <laughs> if you Par- if you could get through get the first the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I listen. To, look, yeah. I even look at it at my level. You know, I've talked to kids who are recently signed and their parents are trying to navigate the space in professional setting. I got parents whose kids have been pros for five or six years. You know, everybody thinks their kid is absolutely the best and everybody thinks that their kid is going to be the next you know, Clint Dempsey or whatever, and only with uh, better English skills. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I look at you, I look at the, I look at the kid. Uh, He's the hilarious, man. He is. He's such a good guy. Look, if um, if I'm being honest with you, you look at the kid. What do you think? What's your experience like? And I can't begin to tell you how many times I hear this. Like, well, if my parents would just shut up on the sideline. Oh yeah. You know, or the yeah. worst one is, you know, could my mom and dad not talk to me so much in the car on the drive home? Yeah, like it, I already know what I did. Yeah, and imagine living like forty minutes away. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a that's a long ways to go. Yeah, oh yeah. All Does right. that make sense? So like from my setting and my profession, we we started the show. Uh, JB actually did us a service. We started the show <laughs> so Zach and I could get away from the field and um, right, and we no longer take our kids home. It's yeah. improved. Wait, wait, it's improved until, their wait, relationship. Say, actually, I'm going to need a financial planner because the amount that. Uh, I saved them in uh, therapy sessions. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh <laughs> this is their therapy. They get to talk about it here. <laughs> like, can you imagine what my copay collections yeah. would look like? Well, look, I had some conversations with some parents out in Palm Springs in yeah. December. You know, every parent thinks their kid's going to get that next contract. And then here's an MLS Next Fest at the Coachella Grounds. And yeah. there's how many teams there? And All every kid there thinks has that. a parent who thinks that oh yeah yeah and so you gotta look at it and say hey maybe your kid's gonna top out at high school soccer maybe your kid's gonna top out at college soccer and there's nothing wrong with that well i think one of the biggest issues of places like that whenever and and really i, I don't care what the sport is anytime your child in any sport goes to a tournament or a showcase um the parents are not excited day one they are sitting there waiting to be excited at the end of it. And I think that unrealistic Correct. expectation. There's expectations there. And it's like, you should be so enthusiastic that, holy shit, look at where we're at. Um, look, I can tell you this. Um, I think that what parents don't realize is the journey to being a professional is a long, bumpy, windy one. Yeah. And when you get to certain levels of which your kid is at, there's a thousand kids that want a spot. 
Oh, yeah. And every coach that's out there is getting rated on how his team does. So if he feels like a kid can't live up to it, he'll just go to the next one. Yeah. This isn't this isn't a setting where it's kumbaya and everybody's going to pat you on the back and it's a team and we stick up for little Johnny. If Johnny doesn't do the job, Johnny's out. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's some mental aptitude to that that has to adjust to that. And part of that starts at home with the mom and dad. Well, I think one piece that I've gained through this process, I mean, seriously, through almost like these counseling sessions of, of, of the episodes <laughs> and being away from the field a little bit is in addition to not being and looking like the asshole on the sideline, right? not being the jerk to your kid, it actually can improve your relationship with your kid. Right. Because if you're not so focused on their performance as a reflection of your parenting skills or right. genetic makeup or yeah. food choices, whatever yeah. that might be. Right. Well, I think if, if the clubs, honestly, if the clubs would start talking about it more on that level as opposed to just don't be an asshole, <laughs> because they don't hear that part, because right. they don't see themselves as being an asshole, but when they see know. how it affects their kid, and not just on the field, I'm talking about in school and at home and just those relationships. And I'm sure you've seen that in a, a variety of, of ways. Yeah. I think talking about that has been helpful for me. Right. Um, and I'm sure there's other parents that, that have, have experienced something similar to that, unless they were just super cool from the very beginning and have never said anything to their kid and have just always been that stoic. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think good for them. Like the person well, here, that's never said anything is probably a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all said something <laughs> in some regard. I've never... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Sure. Um, I, I got a rollout song because uh, uh, trivia question. What, what, what's the nickname of your? Uh, here, let me do this here for you. Oh boy. No. Right. You know who we got? You know who we got? You, I see you guys on social media. You go to Kenny Chesney. And what's the nickname of the fan club? Oh, no shoes, no uh, no shoes nation. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to roll out on a little Kenny Chesney for you, man. Barefoot's the uh, way to go. Yeah, we're getting our refills here. Cold drink, chilling uh, in my right I got Bertrand all in. Everybody's having ne- Wait till the second half of this episode, guys. You're going to love it because these guys are all jacked up now. Uh, we'll be right back. Thank you for your time. Hey, everyone. JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors, really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com Now, back to the mindless banter. Oh, there we go. A little different than Kenny Chesney. Way cooler than Kenny Chesney. No offense to Kenny Chesney and uh, No Shoes Nation. There we go. I'll, I'll take uh, Marshall Mathers. You guys all stands. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went to Mom's Spaghetti. Just okay. It's horrible. I think that's kind of part of the shtick. Really? It's to a- open a restaurant that sucks? 
<laughs> you went there. He took your money. How much? Did you, how much did you pay for that bowl of spaghetti? I mean, I actually got the spaghetti sandwich. It was like eleven dollars. No, eleven bucks for a spaghetti sandwich. What is this? Can I? Yeah, thank you. Please. What yeah. the hell is a spaghetti sandwich? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a sandwich with spaghetti on it. I mean, <laughs> is if that we, really? If we really need to break this down for you two, <laughs> we got bigger. Well, I'm problems. sorry. I'm not. Am I, <laughs> Greg? Have you ever had a spaghetti sandwich before? Nope. We'll go to Flip It Monster. Have you ever? I don't want to go there. Have you ever? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Hold on a second, though. Have you ever had a bowl of spaghetti? Yes. Yes. And with your bowl of spaghetti, was there ever a side of garlic bread with it? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? You had a spaghetti sandwich, just in a different order. He put it all together. I did. And paid twelve bucks. I did. Marshall did. Marshall didn't do shit. <laughs> he just got paid for dumb shit to no, come in order. He took a shot, and then he opened a restaurant. <laughs> I love him. Uh, All right. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> peace out. <laughs> All right. We, we, uh, we went into the break um, here at uh, Well Spent. Got some refills. Uh, again, give them a follow if, if, if you don't mind. Uh, come soccer season, you know said it again and again and again this is going to be a brilliant opportunity uh for you to come down easily enjoy the festivities of the games coming up this is my first time here and i will be back you like good, it don't you it's a good little spot it's the beer's good isn't it it's very good uh, yeah so that's the most un- uh, unnerving thing unnerving is not the right adjective i mean zach you got probably better adjectives the beer is delicious. Yeah. We've been to a lot of places throughout this country, and we've been to a lot yes, of places that their beer sucks, including places here in our city. We won't name names. Nope. This be beer, not, not because I'm of our sponsor. I'm about naming names. No. Draws is about naming names. Too. I think Schlafly's <laughs> beer sucks. I, well, I name that. What? I do. I think it sucks. I I agree. I don't think it's good. Would I drink it? Look, if it's cold, uh, what is it, The the, the summer... Uh, what is summer ale or summer summer lager? Summer right? lager, yeah. It's okay. Don't they, now they could persuade they, they me. Pale ale, do they? Not? I think that's terrible. Their, that's, that's their, but flagship. that's their fla- yeah. Fla- fla- I like it. Thank you. I was their winter lager is their only beer that's drinkable for me. There goes that sponsorship. Uh, yeah. Oh, they mm. were never going to bring us on anyway. Uh, would they? Uh, and and I have a number of different theories why, but primarily because we admit on air multiple times that their beer sucks. This yeah. isn't the first time, no. And 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 another reason, I mean, if I mean, if we're gonna fall in this, you know, uh, rabbit hole, yeah, is that what's well, called like, no, rabbit like, trap? No, like a what well, cemetery? Uh, Pet cemetery? No, the hole at a cemetery. What what the hell do you call the hole that you dig to put a casket in? Grave. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I, I like mean, that's rabbit hole. Good. Let's go with Bertrand. By the way, <sighs> by the way, Rex Rexum is on the television. What? Sober. Rex. Okay, right on cue. Here we are. Has to be a replay, though. Right? Full. So- it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, no, I know, but that's think- great that they have a t- they Oh, it is the replay TV. of the Sheffield game. You missed it, Zach. I we had a sorry. whole episode. I don't, don't don't rehash it. I'll listen. I just right. I just I, real- I just turned around and saw. The- oh, there's our fifth listener. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, let's get back on rails. Yeah. So we've uh, we've kind of been uh, jumping around, basically proving that. Uh, um, the, Kids that are in sport, their biggest problem is their parents. Um, isn't that was that the, that's the primary takeaway of the first half of the episode, right? I think so. I think it's if it's not <laughs> the, it's one of the top two. So let let's get into a little bit of the back backyardisms here. Um, you have three girl boy boy, correct? Uh, and I believe that you spend on average 
let's see, how, what is it? 24 hours a day. You spend 27 hours a day at soccer practices, basketball practices. Correct. Well, he's also close to his, let's be known, his twin brother, who also has very competitive kids as well, Chips, uh, daughters. How many does Chip have? He's got three. He's got a boy and then two girls. Yep. And he's got a girl and two boys. How old, how old are his? He's got a junior at St. Louis U High. A freshman. Boy? It's really? like, okay. Yeah, boy. Okay. So they got six mini-me's walking around like two Dr. Evils. Yeah. <laughs> and if I can be honest with you, like, they're all at Gallagher. So they're all floating around Creve Coeur Soccer Complex and, and Soccer Park, and everybody's shouting, draws, draws, draws. I mean, my head's on a swivel, and I look, oh, there's my niece. Turn, oh, there's my nephew. Oh, there's my son. You know, one day I think... That's awesome. One day, in fact, I don't think. I know for a fact it's true. Um, I, I saw a draws uh, next to Field 5... Uh, watching kids train and sitting in the bleachers there by the park uh, by, by the parking lot, came in with my cup of coffee. It was a Saturday morning. In fact, I, I remember it. Go in, sit down, like, hey, what's up, blah blah blah. And I'm drinking my coffee, looking at the field and everything else, and and uh, had a short conversation. Got up, left, and I'm like, why the fuck did Draws not talk to me today? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. I uh, now I know. I'm yeah. just now to the point, and believe it or not, I've known well, him for because- four or five years. I can tell them apart. Well, but the thing is, when I'm you the guys, looking well, one. when you guys put your hats on and you both have COVID stubble at the time, I mean, there was no difference. So, um, so you're physically you're, maybe. <laughs> I well, dude, the best is like if I'm being honest with you. We used to play for uh, uh, Cutis or Cutis Soccer Club. Sure, back yeah. in the day, funeral home. They uh, they work in graves. Oh man, Jim Leaker was our coach. Hall That's of why Famer. he knew it. That's why he knew. <laughs> yes. Grave. That's why I knew Greg. Yeah, well, we're sitting out there and we're playing up in Chicago in like a cup game. Uh, I can't remember if it was Chicago or Grand Rapids. Uh, Dan Gans would kick my ass for not knowing, but my brother was all over the place. Somebody was pissing him off, and Bertrand, you've seen him play, kind of loses his cool, and he's go sliding in on a couple tackles. And uh, evidently, this ref couldn't keep up with him, and I go jogging by, and he starts screaming at me. You're going to get ejected. You're going to get ejected. I'm like, dude, you're. You're talking to the wrong guy. Yeah. And then my brother comes in for a challenge, just absolutely hammers this guy. I think we're playing a Polish team. And, of course, World War III is going to break out, right? They've hammered us the whole game. My brother puts one tackle on this kid. And in the melee, the ref grabs my jersey, pushes me aside, and throws me a red card. Yeah, why not? And I was like, wait, what? And uh, I had to get my brother, stand next to him. And the guy was so befuddled, and he had to go get the fourth official. They couldn't figure it out. There was no card. We went on and played on Fair enough. I went from being ejected because of my brother to like neither one of us got a card. You ever pull that trick in the bar with uh, girls in college or anything like that? No comment. Liar. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Dude, I mean, <laughs> soccer tournaments growing up. Yeah, I mean, you're at Holiday Inns in the swimming pool, and nobody could tell you the difference except for your bathing suits. You go into the other room, switch bathing suits, come. And back they out. always matched. They still do. They wear the exact <laughs> same clothes. They have the exact same cleats. It's weird. Do they both wear copas? Yeah, they wear copas no, with big actually, tongues. You strike me as Nike. I'm a guys. Nike guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nike guy. As I sit here in an Adidas shirt. No, dude, I'm torn. Like I, I got some really good friends that I met along the way in my soccer life from Nike, and I became pretty loyal to them. And then a really good buddy of mine, you know, Aaron Barrett. I know Aaron from my U.S. soccer days. A guy that was a kit guy yeah. for uh, U.S. soccer and went to several different World Cups. And I think at so the age Adidas of, guy, he is an Adidas guy. He yeah, moved to St. Know, Louis. I, he was the Adidas rep. Now he's in Philly. Yeah. But you know that guy, Aaron Barrett, if he's out there, he was 26 years old. He had been in like 36 different countries. Yeah. And the games he saw and the teams wow. he was with were crazy. He, uh, 
I remember when he moved here because uh, Stelzer and you guys all introduced me to him, and you know, and and, then, and this is how small our community is, right? Here comes this kid, uh, clearly East Coast accent, yeah. the whole nine yards, and you know, what the fuck, you know, it just <laughs> kind of has that attitude. And then come to find out, right, his dad was the head coach at DePaul, correct? Yeah. Um, and his freshman year, the junior at the time at DePaul that was busting his balls and was like, you know pulling him through the ranks was a guy by the name of Pat Rich. Yep. Who was from Granite City. Yep. And Gene Baker was like one of his dad's best friends. Yeah. Do you know that uh, his dad started at Duke? He was assistant at Duke. Yes. Yeah. I, he, he told that story and it's it was so funny because as soon as we got that story out of the way he's like, holy shit, we can drink. <laughs> I'm like, yes. But yeah. I mean, we're everywhere, you know, it's the, the, the U.S. soccer connection to the St. Louis region. Yeah. You know, because you, you've... You, uh, and actually, we've kind of stumbled into this topic. I love this. You've been everywhere with the team. You've been everywhere with clients. Talk about St. Louis as it relates to not only U.S. soccer, oh, man. but these other cities. And, you know, because, I mean, you're a homer. You're a homer just like <laughs> us. So I'm sure you, yeah. you know, Look, after 11 that, uh, o'clock, you let people know exactly what you feel right. about their Philadelphia neighborhoods or whatever, right? I think, or especially at, Kansas uh, City. Let's let's start with Kansas City. Well, I, I, let me. You know, Dan Flynn is from here, and he turned U.S. soccer around in a good way. You look at what Mike Sorber's done. I mean, look at the uh, coaches that are throughout the league and the guys that have played in the league, and we can name three, four, five of them, right? Or yeah. the amount of St. Louis guys that have been in leadership. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, here are guys that were they were players. And then there were leadership uh, in their locker room, and that parlayed into the front office. Uh, and, you know, some guys are from St. Louis, and some guys have connections. I mean, Brian McBride just stepped down from U.S. soccer. Yeah, that's what I was going right? to bring him up. I mean, yeah. Chris Klein's been a long time at L.A., and, you know, he's a guy that likes to say that, you know, he's from here. Obviously, he's been in California for a long time. But look at the coaching ranks in the MLS. Look at the players that have been around here. Um, I mean, you guys know Amy Hoffinger? I know the name. Amy started at U.S. Soccer after I had left. Mm-hmm. She's now running pretty much the show for the next World Cup. Wow. You know, and, and her dad is from here. Her dad is tight with Dan Flynn. Um, yeah. You know, and she worked her way up. She didn't just get the job handed to her. She had a buster, you know. Elbow what. grease. So, so, yeah. we, so we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier whenever Jared was asking you about your uh, feeling of the development of the stadium and this team and, yeah. you know, how it's affecting your business. Um, you, you know, having been in the industry for as long as you have, knowing the pedigree that this town has already like produced for generations, literally, um, how excited are you moving forward? You know, having the conversations with some of these younger, uh, you know, Academy, Academy Plus players, and how much easier is your job going to be with this new pathway? And, you know, what role, uh, you know, d- d- does the city in general play in y- your, your, strategy moving forward yeah i think that if uh look i mean there's a fun you you turn around as a financial advisor in this town right (laughs) so the job's not necessarily easy because the market dictates some of that sure and and as a financial advisor you got to go sell because you always got to bring in new assets as it relates to recruiting right in the soccer space it'll be much easier you know what i'm saying because the players their agents, their parents, the people that help them make decisions are coming here now. Well, small things. Even Lindenwood becoming D1 is going to help. 100%. One, I mean, obviously, look at what Kevin Kalish has done at St. Louis U and, 
and elevated that program and you know more people are paying attention I mean last year I had four or five of the agents I work with were all running through town trying to recruit his kids because they were going to come through MLS yeah. that helps the process yeah. so you know if you go back to like our NFL business when the Rams were here players coaches agents, yeah, they're all here parents, they're here and then they leave now you got to get in a car got to get on a plane no one really wants to come here yeah Jerry Maguire that shit uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna become a professional pickleball player, and there is oh, such would, a thing. You, by would, the way. you would probably kill it, uh, and maybe I can talk to some people. There's a couple people I know I can put you in touch with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you a hat, Vlasic. Yeah, just Vlasic. Right? So I think no uh, having the, I think it's great because these kids that we have, and I, I think we all wish there was an MLS here when we were younger and playing, right? Yeah. And so now. I look at my 12-year-old son. Heck, I look at my 9-year-old son who's playing at Gallagher. I never had what he had. So now you have all these kids playing. You have all this training. And now there's the pinnacle. There's the pinnacle. There's the, the pro team. Right. Right? And you're going to be able to chance to see. And St. Louis is going to have an opportunity to showcase what we can do. You know, everyone talks about St. Louis being a hotbed, St. Louis being a, a worldwide headquarters. Well, Okay. Now let's show. show. How many guys can actually be in that first team that are from St. Louis? Well, the other thing that we have now, too, that is different than when we were growing up, where, uh, you know, the clubs have the, – the, the footprint has changed a little bit. We had Bush, Gallagher. We've talked about this multiple times. There is multiple good coaches, uh, Mr. Leaker, Mickler, all those guys said it. Right. But now we have academy-level – Great club coaches at Sporting, Lou Fuse, Gallagher, now City. We have five, four, five, six outlets where there are organizations that have excellent coaching. No question. We've never had, I mean, there was always one hotspot or two hotspots to go to. Right. We have five or six hotspots now. Yeah. And I would actually argue that um, you know, there's even more clubs out there now that are, I mean, yeah. Mo Rush has got some good good quality coach real's got some i mean there's river city now i mean it's it's amazing what's growing um there's a steamers club i mean the old school yeah day, you know that that and they they've got some stuff and so well, how do you train you know that? that steamers club don't you i've heard of them yeah now we're working with them a little bit Help are you up. yep so yeah i do have a, a kind of a <clears throat> side thought and that's we talked earlier about how on the U.S. national team in the World Cup, at any given time, there were MLS players in the field. Yeah, I don't. There might have been one roster on the field where there wasn't, but for the most part, there was an MLS representative. Do we know how many MLS players were represented on some of the other? Because I know Argentina had at least one. Oh, um, you mean like throughout the entire World Cup? Yeah, you know that there's a number to be out there because I think there's a couple guys, and not only just Argentina but other South American. Certainly, uh, Colombia had a few. Yeah, uh, didn't they? Canada. Yep. Oh, Canada for the, sure. The yeah. reason I the reason I asked that heard of them, and the reason <laughs> I'm trying to go down this path is because I, I'm stuck on this idea of our path. You know, the, the expectations that we set and we met, according to you, that right. got a group, played well, blah blah blah. Do we need to? <laughs> this is a kind of a weird question. Do we need to level up MLS? Yeah, because where our players are coming from. Or do we need more kids going to Europe and more players coming from Europe? Or is it a combo? It's a combo. Okay. So I, I look at if we go back to the contract, uh, sorry, conversation we had about contracts, right? Yep. You have kids that will bypass a senior year of college and take that leap of faith and go to Europe, and they're signing for 250, 400, 500,000 per season. 
you sign a home going contract here in the States and that's your total contract value. Right. For five years. For five years with options that MLS gets to pick up. Yep. So if you look with at a it, small signing bonus, but uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. not I'm not disparaging because that's a lot of money. Yep. Um, but I think that when you there's something to be said that talent follows the money. Right? That's where I'm and, going with this. Correct. So if you're paying players a high salary, you're going to get the the players. It's no different than what Terry Mickler said on last week's episode when he said he was um, in Holland. And their goal was to sell their best players to Europe, uh, high-level clubs. And then when they sell that player, they better have somebody right in the pipeline to fill that player in, yeah. which is exactly what you're saying. So I think what you're getting at, Zach, is if if there's a switch and we can flip it overnight, what we're trying to do here in the United States is get these kids where we have high-level players. Well, yeah, because if, if we have high-level players that are staying in the U.S., Playing for MLS clubs, sharpening those those saws, so to speak, by playing against each other, is that a quicker way to excellence? Or shipping them off to Europe, hoping they come back, and then trying to shove them into a new style or new form with MLS players? I know I'm getting real, not philosophical, but more strategic, but I just it's just something that eats at my brain about yeah. how that might work. Um, dude, I'd love if you guys could... You know, almost spend a, a session with an, a coach, right, or a scout. Um, Do you know any? A couple. Um, <laughs> you got my phone number, right? There you go. There we go. My point is, is that it's a real subtleness to it, and how fast the European game is yeah. and the tight spaces. Sure. Bing, 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 and you got to be thinking constantly. And how? What's that first touch like? And I even noticed it. Not that I'm an expert, but like when Bayern Leverkusen came to town and they played City, City was slower. The touch wasn't as good. Oh yeah, they're athletic and they're fast. In, and they're fast in, they're in fast, a high press system. Correct. Yeah. So it don't help your point, but in their defense, they were just coming off the Champions League, and this is our City Two squad. Oh no, no, I get it. But Look, I get it. I no, get, no, no. I get it, your point. It, my point is that I'm not just trying to disparage the coaching staff or the, or the players themselves. It's no, just it's what you're saying makes sense. There's a. It's just a little slower here. Um, the town look, look the league minimum's 65 grand i know why right. is it not a little slower from under 14 to under 17 when we take our all-star teams across yeah. the pond and beat the brakes off them great question what happens yeah, you, between it, 17 and 25 well, Susie. <laughs> Susie or this wonderful well-spent beer dude i've got i'm serious like i talk to people like, like your kid might be dynamite at 12 or 13 yeah but when your kid gets a driver's license and he can decide or she is she gonna go, or he's? Is he gonna go to his girlfriend or boyfriend's house? Is he gonna, you know, what's he doing with this car? Right now, mom and dad's driving him, so he's just crushing it. He's crushing, he's crushing, and crushing it. You know, if all of a sudden he doesn't want to go to training, doesn't want to be there. Plus, those teams that you're talking about, they get broken up. Some go to college, some go to USL, some go to MLS, some go to Europe. Well, here's the other thing. What I wanted to point out is like, you know, I I think that there's almost like a strategic division in the decision-making process for the league as a whole that I feel as if it's an either-or scenario for them in so much that do you look to truly compete with the teams, uh, in, in, in increase the quality of the play, the speed of the play, and start to garner respect and momentum therefore soliciting more potentially European, you know, right. at younger ages. Or the other side of the equation is 
And I, my, my fear is, are they going to go down the path of, uh, say, a PSV Eidenhoven, an IX, or a River Plot, or, you know, teams like that in which, to your point, uh, because as a league and teams, if we own these rights, let's just be a farm system, right? Because well, there's a lot of money. Yeah, that's... Well, look, one of the major revenue streams for the league, for MLS, is still, still selling players. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, what I was trying to intimate a few seconds ago... What is, look, it's apples and oranges, but what's Chelsea's payroll? Who cares? They're the best. But my point is, because I I say that because you're a but is anybody on that team making 65 grand a year gross? No. No, I mean, shit, the the kid that cleans the boots makes at least a buck 50. (laughs) Look, I'm, I'm, I, I have to look at the stat again, but I would argue, and someone would prove me right or wrong, over half of our league in MLS, they make less than 125 a year. The average, my son and I just talked about this in the car right up here. The average, average is 340 for an MLS player. Yeah, but, they, but that's they, massively skewed because you have a couple guys who are making seven you know, figures. Yeah, correct. Good seven figures. You know, but if you, my point is like, someone did it many years ago. Take the top four highest players from every team off of that calculation. Yeah, calculate it from there. And look, uh, you know, you go back to Tim. Tim would would correct me if I'm wrong, but when he started in the league, the league minimum was 25 to 35 grand, maybe yeah, 40. Right. Right. And so it has gone up, and the, and the union's been doing a great job. They do have a veteran minimum, right? If you played so many years in the league, but that veteran minimum is less than 100 grand. It was 24,000 in 2001. There you go. When I was at the combine, the league minimum. But think about that: the veteran minimum, which means you've played a few years. Is still less than 100 grand, and it's gross. Let me ask you another question, just logistically, strategically for the league. Do you think that the change needs to be made, and that is applying to the schedule? We are to go to a European schedule. We are opposites, and, and, and let's get out of the way, Chicago, and t- you know cities in which there would be legit, legitimate weather concerns. But let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> this summer months. Uh, for the rest of the world's greatest players being off for the most part, you know, uh, one month for the best teams, two months for the mid-tier teams, right? Uh, you know, how much does that come into play in your opinion? And should we try and figure out a solution to that? Great question. And I think that if you look at the way the soccer calendar is going, these guys are getting two weeks off. Right. Yep. So they are playing in the summer. They're just taking foreign tours. Um, sometimes they get 10 days off, you know, depending on the season, especially when the World Cup's in the summer. That kid has a long, dog, well, dog years month. But Olympic, my point is, I, I get what you're, World Cup, yeah. Right, I, I know what you're getting at. <clears throat> Here's the thing. You cannot deny that the winter calendar is crowded. So when sure. the league started, how do we put a footprint in this? How do we dismantle the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, certainly the NFL and the NFL playoffs? Can you imagine St. Louis City having a game this Sunday? Sure. There's a little other football game going on. Maybe the wrong football uh, game, but there's yeah. another one. It's I'm spelled just, wrong. <laughs> I'm being realistic. <laughs> I think that enough of us soccer geeks would we'd attend the game, we'd watch the game, but you're trying to – I mean, let's look where we're going. The TV media is going streaming. Sure. So now here our league is on Apple TV+. But what is Plus. Bundesliga? Bundesliga takes, what, three weeks? More than that. They got Four less. Weeks. They got less this year. Because of the they, World Cup. So you're talking about their winter break? Yeah. Yeah, their winter break, they get three and a half weeks. Yeah, I mean, if right. you institute something like that, 
forget World Cup years. That's a whole different right. topic. But if you took off from mid-December until mid-January, that would alleviate a lot of the weather. Not a lot, but most of the weather issues. And you're coming some back the during the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Besides that, I yeah. mean, Jared would agree. I mean, global warming is a real thing. I mean, but here's the thing too. With, with the with the strict structure now, there <laughs> yes. all the games are on Saturdays or Wednesdays. There are no more Sunday games. So you wouldn't be competing directly. I'm not challenging your your philosophy. The main intangible is that in Germany, that's the number one. So they don't have a whole hell of a lot to compete with. No, I know. I, I get that. I know we have a lot of competition. I just don't think. That, I think if you, that's why we're not making money. Because yeah, because if you have low television uh, numbers to begin with, and you've got an extremely loyal kind of like regional or, or, or a community. Uh, uh, support for a team, right, in any of these MLS cities, then I don't think trying to weigh the uh, pros and cons versus other sports is even an issue because, I mean, it's, they, 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 they haven't really put it into the equation up to this point anyway. Right. And have slowly overtaken NHL uh, in attendance. And, and e- in certain e- markets. Yeah, well, just if you aggregate it, it's it's more than NHL. The the revenue still isn't there, right? But I mean, it's there's been significant steps made. Um, but I think that sometimes when we when we have this discussion, we're looking at it from a here's what I know, and I know St. Louis. Yeah, that's true. Pick up a market that has the NBA, the NHL, NFL, LA. Well, take Chicago, right? It's a city we both know really, really well. I'll tell you right now that if they went to a European model, um, it, it, no, it, they're struggling at Soldier Field. Yeah, the Broadview thing it's a sucked bad, it's too. A bad, it, 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 they chose the two worst locations. Yeah, no, no, no I get it. Um, but I, what I'm getting at is, like, as a purist, as a soccer guy, I would love to go to the European, to the European sky. Yeah, that's, I would absolutely love. What it. is Mexico? Uh, Are they European? It's they like they're, they're just slightly south of us, and uh, <laughs> they, I didn't say where, Jackass. Oh. <laughs> no, you know it's interesting. What? They have in Mexico, they have like two different seasons. Oh, one is okay. a regular season, and then one is like a playoff type of season. It's I forget the the terminology because my Spanish isn't too sharp, but they play almost year round. Bye. It's, it's, it, the, the, uh, yeah. This guy. Well, I mean, if if we're going to go down the path of, like, tough questions. um, uh, Well, look, look, if you're in New York, and it's already tough anyway to compete against the Yankees and the Red Sox in the summertime. But let's say you're playing in the fall, there's the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Knicks and the Nets, and the Giants and the Jets. Like, where do you... Where do you draw that line? Why, yeah, but you got you got a, sure? a metropolitan po- population of what nine all, million? All in, no, more than that. If you if you take, no, I'm not nine. saying they don't have. You the told me. I mean, that's like bigger than Croatia. <laughs> so it's like step I'm up. Not, I'm not saying they don't have the numbers. I'm just bringing an example up yeah. that I think they went with the summertime because they're like, okay, for the vast majority of our season, we're competing with Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, I and mean, summer all. summer in the U.S. from a sports perspective is pretty lame. I mean, after July, after June. It's just MLS, there's and, and Major League Baseball. There's no hockey. Dog days there's of baseball, no football. Some, right. There's the, no basketball. The random major. Yeah, but which I, equates I, I to know. four hours on a Sunday. I just, I just think there's the possibility to adjust NASCAR. things to where we could then compete in more of those international, like the the World Club Cup. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. You know, Scandinavian countries are on our calendar. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because it's so cold. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Norway would be a little rough. Yeah, so they, they're on our calendar. <laughs> so it, it does happen that there's uh, more teams on our calendar. I'm not, we're not the only ones. but So it's a what th- you're saying is we can get Halan. Because it, it's 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 on our calendar. Yeah, I mean, how much would that guy cost in this league? Oh, oh God. that much. Five hundred. Yeah, easily. Yeah, five five sixty. I think. Did you see some of the guys that got bought during the last <laughs> transfer window? Holy crap! Yeah, I know. Chelsea bought them all. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe I should have parked my financial advisor self in their front <laughs> office. Well, I mean, you should have because yeah. you know Todd, my my new friend Todd, owner, right? Uh, he's a Wasserman guy. Hmm. You know that? All his Dodgers, how many of his guys are out there? Should have made a phone call, Ben. You had your opportunity. Where was the intro? Get into it. Um, you, were, you were guest number 25. That intro was available at guest 10. You kept blowing me off. I know so. we're running. I, I want to I <laughs> bring this into a, a, a topic that you brought up, JB, with Jared Inbeck. And it was around the path. And I think if anybody we've had on the, on the show other than, than Coach, you can talk more about that kind of realistic pathway. It doesn't disparage people from trying to achieve, but talk about kind of the nuance now with the MLS, specifically to, to St. Louis, what that looks like from a elevation standpoint for a kid. You said you have a 12-year-old. We've got 14, 13-year-olds. Realistically... They're going to play their academy, maybe make college, and then they have decisions to make either right before college or right after. So can you talk a little bit about how that's changed? That's you don't have to give question. any names that's or anything question. like that, but just kind of the, the process around, all right, so here's some things you would have to consider if you were to get, be given a City 2 contract or a Team 2 contract from whatever club you're a part of versus... If you're Caden Glover's one. dad seven months ago. Well, I think, you know, obviously I don't want to speak for him, but by then, how many meetings has he sat in that you've sat in on where the club tells you here's the path? Yeah. And so you hear this and you hear this. That's why I'm asking you. You know. (laughs) Because we've heard it from the club. Five, ten years ago, the path was make sure you're on a good high school team. And then when the high school team's not playing, find yourself a nice club. And play State Cup, go to the McGuire Cup, go to the Snickers Cup. Go ahead. That's exactly right. Go ahead. And then you're going to play college. From college, who knows where you go. And then the league came along and... You're going to go from a good high school team was the priority, then a club. Maybe you could argue they're equal. Find a college team and then get in the draft. Now, college is actually seen as secondary mm-hmm. because it's the MLS next system. Play with your club. Well, well, let's, stop. The- let's break that down. To, who, is it, who is it secondary to? I think it's almost secondary to I, your kid. Yeah, I think – well, no, I think it's optics. I think that uh, – <clears throat> What I mean, I, by, what I mean by that here. is does your kid want to go – continue down the path of MLS next, he's with City and he's going to get the first team contract, or does he want to stop that path and go sign at St. Louis University? Yeah, well, let me, let me, let me interject here. because Not I think, to take anything away from either one of those. I, I think what we this have is... I asked the question. But I think we have an issue of bright light syndrome uh, in so much that, like I mentioned earlier, that, it, you know, the, 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 the problem the majority of the time is the parent expectations and the lack of communication with the child. Now, being this close to... Uh, these super high-level academies and the MLS teams and everything else, the bright lights are real. So the kind of the baked-in expectation of, of all the kids that are competing at a high level around here, they're not, very, very few of them, if they're truly honest with themselves, are thinking, 
I, I, I want a good mid-tier D1 team for this degree, or I would love to play at SLU and do four years there and see where it takes me. They're, they're leapfrogging their own personal expectations, and, and it, it, it's human nature to me. I understand. You're talking about the kid. I'm talking about the kid, and I think that's an mm, extrapolation yeah, of the conversation where there's no kid. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people offline where they are extremely homers about the, the lack of high school access and not having rivals and you're not playing to win and all these things. And, you know, and I quit debating anymore, and I'm just, I just let them talk because in my mind, and the reality of the situation is, find me a kid, find me one kid throughout the Metropol- St. Louis metropolitan area, right, that is offered an opportunity to play on any one of these teams, and they say no because they have figured out what their path is going to be. I think it's crazy. I think Show me there, one. You know? I think there's six or eight kids in the last two decades that we can talk about that even have the ability to have this conversation with them and their families. We're talking about Pat Noonan. We're talking about Taylor. We're talking about Brad. We're talking about uh, now Caden. We're talking about maybe uh, the Barlow kid. We're, we're, we're talking about kids that went into the pro game. To me, to play at one of these prestigious universities to get educated, that's the biggest feather in these 13, 14, 15-year-old caps ever, unless you disagree. No, no. What I'm getting at is, and you actually make a really good point, but talk to the kid. There hasn't been very many. No, no. What I'm getting at is you and I were growing up. We wanted to be at a prestigious university and right. play. Now these guys want to be on a MLS academy team. So you talk about the path. The path or, used to be through or, college. Or, now the path is through MLS, which is what the MLS is trying to do. Or, or That's what I'm getting at. The path has switched a little bit. Or they're on Instagram all day, and they want to go to the Barca Academy. And, and coincidentally, most overseas. of those kids that I mentioned played Division One college soccer at a prestigious university. Yeah, I, I, Correct. Just, I just think that Correct. the reality is, you know, if, if, you, if you assume, the, again, the bright lights influence the, 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 the thought process, these kids have so much access not only to better training, Better gear, better facilities, uh, TV all the time, uh, the, the the FIFA. Just it's just the EA aspect of all this, and their love affair with the game is elevating their expectations. Well, and and not only that, but now I mean, think about 15 years ago, there was MLS and there was maybe one other league in the U.S. that paid players. Now what are there four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that league paid in peanuts. Yeah, but there's, well, I mean, there are there's USL one, yeah. there's USL championship, USL one, USL two. There's indoor soccer. There's, but uh, let me ask you guys, you guys a question. Like, oh, reverse. Uh, I love this. Flip the script. Here. Help me out. Bob O'Connell, correct? Does he coach at St. Louis U High? Bobo, Bob O'Connell, Slu High. He's got nine kids, maybe more. Bob I think he's got me. 27 kids that aren't playing. Is that what it is? I think it's 27. Uh, last count. Do you know? You probably know. So he asked the question about the path. 15 years ago, where would those kids be playing? At Slough High. Correct. There'd be 12 of those kids that didn't make varsity. Correct. Right. But where's the path now? He asked about the path. Oh, there we go. Sorry. And I'm just, I'm just bringing that up. The path has changed. It has. And I think, I think the access has increased. Like I said, the four, you know, multiple ways to get paid to play. I think the reason I was asking the question, to be honest is because I think there are some that are signing because of the bright lights or because of the shiny object, and it's really not in their best interest because they're likely to be all those options that are they're not going to get paid or they're stuck. And if they take that, they can't go 
to that D1 institution anymore. That's their correct. eligibility is gone. That's correct. So, But even think about the young kid who's a freshman at St. Louis U High or DeSmet or yeah. Summit and uh, whatever it might be. He can't even play high school. Nope. 15 years ago, you were playing high school. Oh, yeah. You played in front of your friends and your girlfriends and your well, parents. Well, I think what, what, what's happening is, in my opinion, there's a mental filtering out process. You know, you, you were talking earlier about Clint and uh, Tim in particular. You know, at, at 32, it clicked. Certain things clicked, and he changed his, his day-in, day-out approach. Um, to an extent, but if I can go back to that point. Well, well, here, here, he was, here, here. He was on that path. Does that make sense? Right, right. He was on the original path, the high school, college. You were asking about a guy. And I think if I remember the qu- the question I was ans- answering. Sorry, I know you were trying. Yeah, to Yeah, no, no, point, go ahead. Tim has stayed focused on how he approaches the game, and how he's approached taking care of his body, and how he's approached keeping you know off social media per se, and, and listening to the noise. Sure. And here he is at an older age having a lot of success. So I apologize if I miss. No, 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 no. I think I think my point was it, my point is that I that really re- regardless of industry, I mean, we're talking about soccer in particular and kids primarily. Um, the the ability for a kid it, for those kids that are going to be quote special nine times out of ten it has to do with the mental approach it has to do with the decisions that they exactly. make internally uh, the way they manage their day the way they manage their food the way that they deal with adversity the, right. the way that you know if their name's not on the roster the way they deal with their social life from 16 to 19 oh my god and that's yeah. what I was saying before like when they get their driver's license changes everything because, but that's, that's because the, I totally shit the bed on 16 that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at is these guys <laughs> 16 to 19 are now getting offers to play and make decisions at a professional level at a much earlier age right. than even 15 years ago so it's it's insane. It's insane, and I. It, but it's a good insane because I think, and you could tell me more about this. I think in Europe, it's more likely that that's going on. Well, and look, because you don't have a university system. There is no D one. I mean, you might if you're, if you're not good enough to make a club, you might get picked up by a. Most scout of the college age kids at nineteen to twenty three in Europe, especially England, that get cut from academies. They come here to play Division One college soccer. Right. Right. I think that if you look at another answer to your pathway question. I.e. Missouri State. Um, if you, <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> if you look like every, 15 years ago, mom and dad, get your education and then we'll figure it out. Now you got mom and dad thinking at homegrown contract. No, I, I, you know I'm, I'm so guilty of that. I'm switch. guilty of saying to my son, listen. If you get a, a lucrative opportunity to play professionally at 18, take it. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you mean by lucrative? I, it oh, was here comes the financial planner. What's the no. definition <laughs> of pro? That's the other thing. Remember when I said earlier that I've learned a lot from this, this show? Yeah. The Imbec, uh Thanks, man. episode changed my perspective. So that was my perspective even a year ago, that if he got an opportunity to play professionally <clears throat> at any level, really, I thought, well, do that because then you can always go back to college and get your education. You might not be able to play in college, but you can always go back and get your education and do something different. Well, but you can't so. always play professional soccer. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I think I, I had this conversation the other day with a friend of mine, you know, talking about, um, you, you know, missed opportunities 
and we've we've all experienced them in our own lives oh, yeah. uh, you, w w through relationships, career choices, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the thing is about these kids that you know if they have if they have an opportunity, you know, especially the, the physical ability to be presented an opportunity. I my opinion is roll the dice because the mental ability to uh, get a degree and build a career and all that. I mean, the rea the reality is that 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 is exponentially longer. You know that that line. You you can do that for that a long window. time. That window, exactly. Yeah, that that deep grave. I just, I just, I'm <laughs> making I'm again. making a prediction now that these kids that are coming out at 16, 17, 18 are getting these team two contracts, maybe a team one contract. Yeah. My guess, and this is not to be super negative I, I i think the kids that decide to go to college are going to end up doing better long term than the majority of the kids that sign early contracts in the u.s other than that diamond in the rough other which than that, we don't know who that is other than is that caden i hope it is i don't know i i just i feel like the 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 i don't, I don't know what it is i just my my perspective draws has changed sure. what i'm trying to get at but, uh, you, you know I, look, look, I, i've got a solution to this problem just just get fit Open up an OnlyFans account and screw college, you know, and just... <laughs> Is that how you got your new car, JB? <laughs> That's my, exactly my right. new car. Dude. I did my get fit old. and screw the college. Oh, boy. There you go. I, uh, I just I think wah, wah, the path wah. has changed from a player perspective and a player <laughs> we, mentality yeah. and even a parent mentality. Well, it's not like, linear, right? I mean, the correct. big Once thing is there is no more single path. I mean, Tim Ream is the example of high school, club, college, MLS... What Decent high school? Europe team. Here we go. Oh Always got to bring that up. I don't, can we get through a whole episode without mentioning that school's name? Because oh, you've noticed nope. I'm not saying it. Nope. <sighs> I hope that answers your question. I don't question. think we can. It, it, it does. It's, it does. It's, a, it's such a great I'm area. I'm going to bring it up every time. 15 years ago, parents would never let their kids take the path you're taking, and now yep. they are. Yeah. Um, 15 years ago, a kid would never think going to a, a D1 school would be secondary to actually right. going to an academy system. So the path is changing. And if I'm being honest with you, I think that's what MLS wants to create. Yes. Because... In Europe, the professional footballer didn't focus on education. They focused on their football. Does that make sense? Yeah, they went to math, science, and reading, and then they practiced all day. Even if they went, I don't even know if they went to math, science, and reading. No, they did. Like here, here in this country, the culture is mom and dad wanted education. Education first, sports second. Speak. In Europe and in South America, it's, it's reversed. Yep. So no, I agree of, with you. Speaking of mom and dad, real quick, uh, got to shout out to your wife, right? Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, you have three kids. Yeah. Like I said, you spend 27 to 37 hours a day at soccer and basketball and everything else. Uh, without Mandy, does Greg even exist? I mean, do you have a, a persona, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, go ahead, toss it, it out. Give, give I mean, it, give it let's a shout be honest, uh, it wouldn't be the persona I am now. Uh, I might be a little bit dumber. Might be a little bit more immature. Uh, I might be running around underwear on my head, so she kind of keeps me straight. But uh, yeah, there's. Well, come on, you, we all got. Yeah, mom. but you have the advantage to just say that's Chip. I do it. I tell it all the time when I'm when I'm fuck up, Manny. That's not me. That's yeah. Chip. That was definitely my brother. <laughs> and sometimes not it works. All right, gentlemen. It is trivia hour up here. At well spent. And we've we've blasted through plenty of time here. Greg, thanks, man. Thank really you, guys. Appreciate I appreciate the time. Thank you. Um, Thank you for the keep keep that well uh, keep that Rolodex open, you know, because I mean we got plenty of mics, you know, oh, yeah. and, and actually we have Zoom ability, so wherever they're at, I can do that. I can work with that. I like that. So. Tell Mandy, thank you for allowing you to come down here. I will do that. Thanks, brother. 
Thank you, We'll guys. catch thanks. up with you. And thanks for uh, making it this far. Give us a little pop on Apple, Spotify, et cetera, all the usual suspects. Jared, you got a little closing uh, powwow for me? I do. I just wish we had time to do the chip, Greg, Webster Groves, cheating, uh, oh, the whole yeah. story. We'll, we'll, we'll explain that one day. Right. Maybe that's the next time I'm in. <laughs> you'll, you'll be back. Zach, Greatest story ever. Zach, thank you. Well spent. Thank you as always. Thanks, We're rolling out to little Zach Bryan. See ya. They won't understand the words that are pouring from your mouth.